Hi, I'm Guy Powell, and welcome to the next episode of The Backstory on Marketing. If you haven't already done so, please visit ProRelevant.com and sign up for all of these episodes and podcasts. I am the author of the newly released book, The Post-COVID Marketing Machine, Prepare Your Team to Win. And you can find out more information on this at my website, marketingmachine.prorelevant.com. Today, we're speaking with Andrea Pass, and we're going to talk about some of the aspects about PR and the difference between PR and advertising. So Andrea Pass creates and implements public relations campaigns in a wide range of categories, including consumer products, lifestyle, business-to-business, education, health, wellness, and fitness, and many more. Her company, Andrea Pass Public Relations, uh, which is at andreapasspr.com, has expertise in national, regional, and local media relations outreach. Her strength in relationships coupled with her knowledge of the ever-growing media base results in securing top-tier targeted media placements to increase brand awareness, reputation management, and sales for established businesses and growing entrepreneurs alike. She also serves on the board of directors of the nonprofit United Inventors Association, UIA. She is the workshop council chair for the Performance Driven Marketing Institute, PDMI, and membership roundtable chair of the New Jersey Association of Women Business Owners. She's a member of the National Association of Women Business Owners and has created the webinar series Resonate to Revenue. And Andrea is also the founder of Access Success Networking and is a frequent guest speaker at, his, at various events as well as on podcasts. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, Kai. How are you? Oh, fantastic. It's so good to have you and definitely look forward to hearing about, uh, you know, what your expertise is and how that fits in with advertising. Because I, I, I see advertising and PR really playing and working hand in hand. But before we get into that, so tell us what your backstory is on how you got into marketing. Well, it's very interesting because I was always the publicity chair. Back in high school and in college, I was always the person writing the press releases and calling the newspapers and making sure they'd send a photographer to come cover something. And so when I was in college studying broadcasting, I was going to be a radio TV film person and an on-air talent. I realized how much I loved PR. And so when I got out of college and I went straight to CBS in New York City with my little blue briefcase, wearing my little blue suit with my little blue shoes, uh, and got a job at Woman's Day Magazine because there was a freeze in the broadcast area, I realized I love PR. And I was able to get a job in PR for the CBS radio division, and my love grew from there. And I continued to write press releases, play stories, conduct interviews, arrange product reviews, and much, much more over my 30-plus year career. So it's very exciting when you find something you love, you've never worked a day in your life, and I love public relations. Fantastic. Yeah, I, and I think public relations is incredibly important and you can, you know, sometimes you can hit it out of the park, but otherwise, you know, it's just kind of that constant building of your brand 
amongst not only, of course, the press and the media, but also the readers of all of that media or the viewers of all of that media. And it's, it's so critical because it, it gives you that, that expert or outside opinion on, on, on what your business or what your product is all about. And definitely it's, it's slow and steady wins the race. And I think you have to get out there and to have press coverage about your business, your product, your service, your book consistently. And to then reuse that press coverage is so important in the marketing mix. So there are so many elements to marketing, but public relations is one that should never be overlooked. Absolutely. So, but before we get a little further, uh, tell us about Andrea Pass PR and tell us about your company. Well, you know, I had always worked for public relations firms after I left CBS, and it was great to work for all these other firms. But I found that I ended up growing this expertise in media relations. And a number of years ago, about four plus years ago, I had this opportunity to finally hang my own shingle out. And I was so excited to start Andrea Pass Public Relations as my solopreneurship. And so I'm able to work with interesting clients in a wide range of categories. You listed some of them when you mentioned me. But I love working with authors and I love working with consumer products and entrepreneurs that actually put their own heart and soul into their businesses. And so I've created this business and met so many wonderful new people over the years and have previous clients coming back to me or previous relationships reaching out to me over time. So my business has grown steadily. It's perfect for me. And I've been able to really balance that life-work balance by having Andrea pass public relations. Yeah, absolutely. And the uh, life work balance is, uh, is critical. And, and I will admit as an entrepreneur myself, sometimes I wonder how I can improve that as well. But, uh, you know, there also has to be a, a balance between advertising and PR. So tell us what you see as the difference between advertising and PR. And I think this again is something that so many companies and business folks are confused about because in advertising, you pay for that placement. And therefore, you create that content. In public relations, it is editorial endorsement. It is editorial content that you are not paying for. So when you pay for something, such as an ad, the audience could be a little skeptical because they know that you chose those words and they know that you're selling them. In public relations, the information is informative and educational. It is not sales-driven. It's informative and educational driven so that the reader or the viewer or the listener will absorb that content and at some point say, wait a minute, that is a business, a product, a service that I want to do business with. So it's a process in public relations and it's not a guarantee. In advertising, you paid for something. So it's a guarantee. Your ad will appear on the right bottom page in such and such a newspaper or magazine, or your ad will appear at this time on a radio station or a TV station. In PR, you can't guarantee that, but if you have a story and an effective public relations person telling the story, eventually that story will be out there and you in turn have that opportunity to use, reuse, and reuse that press placement to help grow awareness for your business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, we've actually done a lot of study and, and some of it's in my book 
the post-COVID marketing machine, and there's more in, in my previous book, The Marketing Machine, in terms of how effective PR can be, uh, as opposed to what you're saying is kind of the editorial endorsement with PR, as opposed to the paid placement that you get with advertising. And, and I, I think you're right. I think the, 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 uh, endorsement that you get through the editorial is a lot stronger and a lot more believable and therefore a lot more influential about your brand than a, than a paid placement that you might get with a, with an advertising campaign. Exactly. And years to come, you find folks saying, Oh, I was featured in this magazine or I was on this interview or I was on this podcast or this TV station, and they talk about that. You never see a business person or hear a business person say, oh, I ran an ad in this <laughs> magazine. It's not something you, you see or hear. And I think that having public relations on a consistent basis helps you to grow your business, helps you to stay relevant, and helps you to secure those third-party editorial endorsements that you can use over and over and over again. So the thing about PR, it's not a one and done. And everyone is not the Kardashians, that every move they make is being covered. But there is enough media to go around to make sure that your business is in some sort of media that has an audience. And you never know with any audience you're reaching, there just has to be one and another one and another one for you to grow your business. And so whether you're selling a product or you're selling a service or you're in a nonprofit or whatever it is, by getting press, you're reaching targeted audiences and getting your name out there. Yeah, absolutely. Although I will take exception and one exception when a founder or the owner does talk about their ad and that's when they do a Super Bowl ad <laughs> and they do get press. You know, they do get press around the fact that they're running their first uh, Super Bowl ad, which is. But other than that, you are so right. Uh, you don't you don't hear anybody talking about, well, did you you know, did you see my ad campaign or whatever? It is all about did I did you see the article in The Wall Street Journal or did you see the article in Forbes or whatever it happens to be? Yeah, and I think that. When it comes to the Super Bowl, and this is always a fun story, I, I was representing an expert in the as-seen-on-TV category, those infomercials, whether they're two-minute or half-hour infomercials. And so I decided I'm going to use his expertise to talk about Super Bowl ads. And he didn't have a single ad running. His company was not running any of their infomercials during the Super Bowl. But I convinced top-tier television to have him on the day after the Super Bowl to analyze the commercials from his standpoint and what really worked and what didn't work. And it worked out perfectly because he got tremendous press coverage. His phone was ringing with inventors wanting him to bring their products to market. And so it all worked out well for him as an expert in the As Seen on TV, direct response TV space. And that's, I think, where uh, PR in that specific case can really support advertising because now you, you get the ad, you paid for the ad on the Super Bowl or whatever, and then you get people talking about it. And it's the, it's the press relations that folks like you and your company do to then 
ex, ex, accelerate and enhance and amplify even the advertising because you are able to talk about something like that. And it is actually newsworthy and people do want to hear about that. Exactly. And the thing is, is that because in this case, my client didn't have a stake in the game, they were focused on the fact that they had an expertise in the infomercial category in this particular case. They weren't supporting any Coke versus Pepsi, uh, you know, or Ford versus GM. They were giving editorial content, educational content, informational content. So it wasn't selling. It was editorial. And so that's what made them a great source. Uh, I mean, I, I represented a lawyer who specialized in divorces. Well, I have him speaking about celebrity divorces, even though he has nothing whatsoever to do with their case. That's why they do want to interview someone else. So it works out well when you have an area of expertise and you can bring that to the forefront. And a public relations agency such as Andrea Pass Public Relations can tell your story and get you out there in two ways. One is in general, just proactively, and the other is breaking news. So if there's breaking news and you can comment on the breaking news, then someone like myself works you, the client, into that story, even though you might have had nothing whatsoever to do with that breaking news. If there's an angle, I find it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and that's, that is critical, I think. And, and again, that is where, you know, you can, uh, be a separate kind of a, a, a communications channel over and above your, your paid media. So, uh, so, so we've kind of talked a little bit about, uh, why it is so important and why it's important to your marketing mix, but let's, let's go specifically into that. What do you see, uh, how, how that can really help, let's say a large or a medium sized, uh, a medium-sized brand versus then potentially even a small business. How does how does that work for both uh, both sides of the uh, of the the sizes of the business? I don't believe the size matters. I believe whether you're a solopreneur or if you're a bullseye million-dollar billion-dollar company, you need to be in the press with content. And so by offering that content in your area of expertise or having a product reviews reviewed or a book talked about. Those things are all important to your growth and your bottom line, because what's important is press can be reused. We are now in this world of content. We are all absorbing so much content. And when I'm having meetings with groups and I say, okay, who's absorbed content today, even if the meeting is at nine in the morning? (laughs) And everyone raises their hand because they've already watched the news, read the newspaper, read a magazine, listened to a podcast, been on social media, learning about the news of the day. So we're all starting our day already absorbing content. And so public relations is important in that you and your business and product and service are part of the content. So by getting in there, you can be reusing that content on your website and in your social media. But if it's not dated, use it over and over again, because the uh, the reader or the viewer or the listener is not paying attention to the date it was released. They're paying attention to the content. And so I was just reading something on, on Forbes.com. And I said, oh, you know, this email came through with this interesting topic. So I clicked on it. The article was from 2017. Hmm. Obviously, Forbes felt it was still relevant. Now, 
I'm a PR person. So I'm looking at dates and I'm looking at bylines. The average person isn't. They're looking at content. But when I read the content of this particular article, it had to do with anything. It did not have to do with something that was old news. However, if you are going to re-release a book, for example, make sure you update the copyright date because folks don't want to review a book that came out in, mm. in 2015. They want to know it came out recently. So that's important when you're releasing a book. But when it comes to products, as long as your product is current and available, and that's a big challenge, we can't publicize something that people can't buy. <laughs> so don't say, oh, my product's coming out next year. Well, no one wants to hear about it now because most people aren't waiting. The only time you're waiting is for the next model of a car. But other than that, you're not going to wait for anything other than maybe the next version of the iPhone. So keep in mind your timing because you want to make sure that you're getting the message out at the right time for your business. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I hate to say it, guilty as charged. <laughs> I always wanted when I long time ago, when I was a product manager, a brand manager, basically, I wanted to get PR ahead of my launch so that I could start to generate some interest and make sure that my product was in their technology uh, pathway. And, um, and, and of course, you know, if it's not available, the, the press doesn't, they're just not going to write about it. Uh, but, you know, you, you can still get, you know, once it's released, once it's available, then that's when it's newsworthy. And that's when the editors are going to be more likely to write about it because there is something that is of hopefully of interest for, for their readership. And keeping in mind that if you have a product or a book available for sale, before it launches, that works. As long hmm. as you can get that book or that product sample to the press for testing or review beforehand, then it's okay to launch beforehand. There are many book publishing media outlets that require that you pitch them a minimum of 90 days before the book comes out uh, with an advanced reader copy. But those have gone down tremendously. So a lot has changed, and I think that Sticking with those changes and understanding the changes has helped me grow Andrea past public relations because it isn't the same world that it was five years ago, 10 years ago, even three years ago. So we have to understand that the world has changed my world tremendously in that I can make phone calls and they're going to tell me to send something to an email address. It doesn't matter. It's yep. the way that it is. So I have to have an effective email and have effective relationships, but always meeting new people and learning new media outlets. Because keeping in mind that so much of today's new media is homegrown media. And homegrown media is put together by people who are not trained journalists. They're business people or they're average folks that have something they want to talk about. And the average folks have a great audience. Because you never know the size of someone's audience, but more importantly, their reach. And an example was I had a product review the same week on Huffington Post, which had 1.5 million unique viewers a month, and a mom blog that had 900. Zero click-throughs from HuffPost. <laughs> 25 sales from the mom blog. Mm. So 
you just you just don't know. Another example is I had a story of a client in a daily newspaper in a key market. And then the person also did a podcast. No feedback from the newspaper article. She sold out from her podcast appearance because people who were listening said, this is a product I want. Mm. And they went to her website and bought it. So you just don't know because we wear so many hats. And listen, you're a marketing pro. You understand all the hats that people wear. But the fact that you and I are talking about business right now has nothing to do with the fact that I love to travel. I exercise. I go bicycling. You know, I have all these hobbies. So we wear so many hats. So to reach people in the different places they're absorbing content is an important part of the public relations mix. Yeah, and that, that definitely is is critical. And and also, you know, you talked about the mommy blog versus the Huffington Post and and uh you know and, and the one doing significantly better. Um you know and that's where I think the the relationship and the expertise of the public relations team or person or company makes so much of a difference because you want to make sure that if this product is specific for the mom, the mommy blogs, as opposed to the general audience, maybe on Huffington Post, then, you know, you don't want to waste your time going after Huffington Post. You want to go after the mommy blogs and go after the ones that are going to be interesting so that you can actually get 15 or whatever it was sales out of that 900 audience instead of zero out of a 1.5 million. Makes a lot of and sense. Exactly. And, and understanding that there's a variety of media. So you get a little of this and you get a little of that, but you stay relevant. I worked for a firm years ago that had a client that everything was based on KPIs. What are the KPIs? What are the unique views per month? How many readers? What's the circulation? How many people watch this TV station? They didn't care that they weren't getting the click-throughs and the, the buys. They just cared about numbers. And it frustrated me to no end because we started doing pay-for-play. I hate pay-for-play. Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. I'm not saying that people don't watch pay-for-play or absorb pay-for-play. It's just not part of the public relations world that I, I grew up in and I want to still be a part of. So it's important. And, and, and I just had someone reach out to me to do a, a proposal to become their PR firm. And they said, well, what KPIs? And, and I, I did not answer the question in my proposal. I said, it doesn't matter what, what the numbers are. What matters is that you're out there reaching target audiences. And no one is absorbing something today. I shouldn't say no one. Very few people are absorbing something today and buying today. Yeah. We all think about something. You know, Amazon Prime Days are multiple times a year. People are now planning in advance, will this item be on sale? And then they'll purchase it. But for the most part, we might see an ad or we might read an article or we might hear an interview. And we say, hmm, that's interesting. I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind. And when I'm ready for that purchase, that's who I'm going to reach out to. And so it has to be layering. That's a term I always use talking about public relations from the time I was a baby PR person. And it's all about that layering. And I think in marketing, I remember learning seven times before someone really absorbs the message. Same in PR. 
In order to get the message out, you have to get the message out over and over and over again. Yeah, that is uh, that is so true. Although I, uh, if you don't mind, I'll take a very small exception uh, to your uh, to your point about what magazines or publications you want to be in, and and uh, there are actually two audiences for your product. There's the paying audience, and then there's the audience of the CEO. If the CEO wants his name or his brand name in the Wall Street Journal, then you got to do what you got to do. And it doesn't matter whether they're going to buy anything or sell anything. You just got to, you know, play to the ego of the CEO. So sometimes you get stuck in things like that, I'm sure. I have a funny story. <laughs> when, I, when I was first starting out uh, at one of the PR firms, uh, I think it was even the first PR firm I was at. And no, it was the second. The second PR firm I was at, I represented an attorney from Chicago. And all he wanted was to be the Cosmopolitan Magazine Bachelor of the Month. Okay. Having nothing whatsoever to do with law. Well, obviously there are only 12 issues a year. There is only one bachelor in each issue. So I'm working my little patootie off, (laughs) sending pictures. And this was, you know, background quotes over and over. I finally get him to be the Bachelor of the Month in Cosmopolitan Magazine. He was more excited about this than the cover I got him in the Chicago Law Journal. <laughs> and the interviews I got him on uh, financial news shows and, and, and other business shows, all he cared about was that. And, and I laugh about it to this day, but he's paying the bill. That's what he wants. Okay, I'll yeah. focus. I don't agree. But and I don't think he got a date from it, but (laughs) it's a fun story to tell all these years later. That is a pretty good story. That is a pretty good story. Um, I've got another question for you. Uh, We did a ways back uh, for a big brand. It was Miller, uh, Miller Brewing Company. And it was I think it was Miller Lite. And um, they wanted to determine they wanted us to determine what the value was there a positive value for positive PR and was there a positive value for negative PR? And uh, just what? And I don't know if you've uh, done any uh, uh, any work in that respect to let's say mitigate negative versus you know build positive. Just it, and, and then after after we hear your perspectives, I'll give you the answer that we had for uh, for Miller. Well, I think that most press is good press, even if it's negative, because it gets people talking about you. Obviously, if your product caused a problem to a large audience, then that you've got to fix that very, very quickly. You've got to make good and you've got to have crisis communications to do that. But I still feel that all press is important and good press because then they're talking about you. And let's just talk about the beginning of the pandemic. For goodness sakes, coronavirus. For Corona, beer, because that's the name of it. And, and, but they found ways to stay in the news positively. They did not change their brand name. They're still selling. There was probably a, a dip at the beginning because people had this fear. But of course, no one was getting COVID or coronavirus from drinking a Corona beer. But I think that all press is relevant, it's good press, but have a good public relations person or team who can address negative press and turn it around as appropriate 
or make sure you are issuing whatever statement to apologize and fix the negativity. Yeah, yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, one of our other clients, uh, and actually we talk about them in my book, Post-COVID Marketing Machine, uh, obliquely. We can't talk about them directly for confidentiality reasons. Sure. But one of their goals was to uh, overwhelm, first, well, first of all, to overwhelm the negative press that was coming out of one source and then secondly, to mitigate that press so that it started to actually, you know, uh, go down. And, uh, and they were actually very successful about it. It was a, it was a, uh, an association, a business association. And, uh, it was kind of fascinating. But then, you know, you brought up beer, uh, and this, yeah, so what happened with Miller? Yeah. So I want so to hear Miller. about Miller. Yeah, absolutely. So with Miller, they had been running a, uh, I guess you'd call it a racy ad, certainly not today politically correct, but, it was an ad that was definitely on the edge of being, you know, very racy and uh, politically incorrect at today in today's standards. And so the women, a lot of the women's groups and uh, women's uh, media and things like that were very negative on it. And, uh, and the, you know, exploitation of women and the sexualization and the blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and Miller then continued to, to, uh, to run uh, the ad. Because we had shown them that even though they were getting positive press from the men's side and from the general side of things, that press was very effective, actually five times more effective than the ad itself, number one. And then number two, the negative advertising was two times more effective than the ads. So the negative PR was two times as effective as the, as the advertising. And because you're getting, just like you said, all of this exposure. And, uh, and in their case, it's a, you know, it's a reputable brand. And okay, the ad might have been a little racy. I mean, you could even say some of these Calvin Klein ads are racy or whatever. And, uh, so, uh, and yet they continue to do them. And that I'm, I'm almost certain is because they are measuring the effectiveness, just like what we do at, uh, at, you know, at my company, Pro Relevant, is we measure the effectiveness of the advertising, the paid, and then the uh and then the PR uh whether it's unpaid and um and then whether it's positive or negative and you know and if it's positive and it's if it's still giving you a good ROI then you know then go for it keep going for it you know that's that's a different decision i you know what we can at least say is that the advertising is working and i think in today's world there are so many things that have become politically incorrect and so you do have to be careful which is why companies really need the time to get other opinions on how they're releasing something, what the content is, how are they saying something, because you don't want to slip and offend anyone. At least I would never want to slip and offend anyone. There are other people, I guess, who might want to offend people. But I think that, I think that you have to be conscious of your word choice and your image choice in, in going out there with whether it's an ad, whether it's a marketing campaign, whether it's a PR campaign, you've got to think it through carefully in the way that you word something and especially the way that you're going to conduct an interview. And I have certain clients that I have to do media training with. There are other clients I don't have to do media training with. They're more experienced at interviewing and they know the right way to interview. Uh, but Media training is a very important part of Andrea Pass Public Relations because there are many clients who have not been out there giving a talk, giving an interview, 
providing a quote. And so media training is really important when it comes to getting the message across. But I had someone say to me the other day, well, how many message points do you give? And I'm big on the, you know, threes, three messages. But I said, but each interview might be different if we're targeting different audiences. So your message might be different in specifically what she, what her area of expertise was really in, in team building and human resources. And I said, but it could be different from remote workers, contract workers versus full-time employees in the office, out of the office. I said, so we can't just do cut and dry. Yes. These are the three message points. Yeah. So and I, weird, yeah. That, could, that could change when you're giving a message out there. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I think you're right. You do have to no question you have to have the the the, the PR training. And uh I was lucky enough when I was uh and I I mentioned this a long time ago. I was uh the a product manager for a high-tech product and I was the I was the spokesperson on the company side and uh, and I got trained and it was it was a blast and I learned a lot and I you know you 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 need to be retrained and, you know, updated every once in a while just to make sure you're on message and stuff like that. But it, it really does make a difference. And I, uh, I applaud you that you do such a good job with uh, training because you really want to stay on message and, uh, you know, whether you have one message point or three or whatever it is. And those messages then have to be also very well tied to your audience or the audience of that editor. And if you can do that, then then you've definitely uh, been able to be more likely to succeed with your PR. And what's important is also recognizing that when you are giving a message, don't tie it to a date. Okay, it's one thing if you have a new product and it's going to be for the holiday season and you're having a sale. That's different. But everything else doesn't matter what day your book comes out. No one cares about that date or or what date you might be participating in a seminar unless you're trying to sell tickets to the seminar. For the most part, be evergreen. That way there's the content that you can use over and over again because it's not dated. And that's what's really important. Instead of saying today is and giving out the day, it doesn't really matter what the day is as long Mm. as the content is informative, educational, and timely. Yeah, absolutely. And I like your point about not dating it. So uh, when should a company begin their PR outreach for whatever the event or action is? When should they start? Today. (laughs) All right, we're Uh, done. (laughs) We're done. What's important is, is that as soon as you recognize that you need public relations, which should be at the beginning of your rollout, start planning. Because this way, the public relations person can start layering, getting you out there to talk about things as soon as you're ready to roll. What do you need? Your website. Some people say websites are antiquated. No, sorry. People go to websites. Have an updated website. Have updated social media. Be active on social media. Today's journalists want to see that you're active. Make sure your staff your friends, your family, anyone you know is commenting and liking. Don't just like. Make sure you put a comment. And do the same for your colleagues because some journalists want to see that you have those active followers. That's really important for today's journalists. So get that all up and running before your official launch and have public relations ready to go 
because there's no bad time to start public relations. There's only good time to start it. And today, whatever day that is that you're absorbing this content, today is the day. Don't put it off until, oh, it's this season, or I'm going to have a revision on my product or book, or, oh, I first need to hire a few more people. Well, you're dilly-dallying. Don't put it off because you've got to be in it to win it. And public relations should be part of that marketing mix from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. And uh, I will admit that's sometimes hard to, you know, to figure out when, when to do it, but I kind of agree with you. Um, You know, even before your launch, you want to make sure that you're ready for that launch and that just takes time. Um, But then, all right. So let's say you launched, you did your outreach, then why should I continue doing PR? What, what, why should I keep going? Stay relevant. The minute you stop, true, you can use the prior press placements, but having new content with new messages keeps you relevant and in the public eye. I have many journalists who get back to me and say, you know what? I haven't interviewed so-and-so in a year. I'd love to have him or her back on. Or do you still represent so-and-so? Can we get a quote? Well, when you're a public relations agency or a consultant, if you represent the client, sure, you're going to share that with the client. But I find that when I'm no longer representing that client, to do the work that's involved with setting up even one interview, it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, I'm not going to do that for a former client that I don't think will come back. And so it's important to know, which is why a public relations campaign can't be one month, one and done. It's got to be ongoing because the fact that you were quoted in an article 10 years ago, that's great. But if you've been quoted in 100 articles or 100 media outlets, even better. So stay in it. Uh, Don't give up on it and make sure it's part of your effective budget. Yeah, absolutely. And and that makes a lot of sense uh, because I, I think, and even advertising, paid advertising, you have to have a continuous message and just be present when and if that consumer that you're targeting wants to purchase something in your category, you're you're at least in their minds. You might be top of mind so that they'll remember you when they go to the store or they go to the online e-commerce site. And similarly with, uh, with PR, you want to be continuously top of mind so that when that consumer finally does go off and want to purchase something, they remember you and then they'll, they'll, they'll consider purchasing your products. So very important. I think that the continuous message is really good. And I, unfortunately, I hate to say it, so many clients, even on our side, they, uh, they advertise inconsistently. They have a bad quarter and then they give up and okay, there's cash flow, but to cut down to zero and then to start up again and cut back to zero and start up again, it is never as effective as being a lot more constant. And I'm sure it, it and based on what you're saying, it makes the same difference, uh, and, and provides that same value in PR. Exactly. And, and again, social is where it's at now. So, Businesses should be on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, not as much, but okay. And if you could do TikTok, that's great. But you need to be active and involved. You can't have your social die down and then expect it to pick up. Mm. You've got to follow media outlets. If they're fo- if you're following them, then you can tag them. 
tag them on a story or on something else that's happening. So you really have to think this through effectively and work with the right team. And it's all about teams and, and knowing who to work with. And we all don't gel with one another. It's not perfect, but if you're going to find the right people that you gel with, then you're going to have an effective long-term relationship. And I think that since I started Andrea Pass Public Relations a few years ago, I really connected and built wonderful relationships both with my past clients, my current clients, prospective future clients, and of course the media. So it's people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And the same holds true for public relations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I liken uh, PR, uh, public relations to business to business selling, because in, in the end, what you're doing is you are selling a certain number of column inches or a certain number of seconds or minutes in an article or a radio or whatever it happens to be. You are selling that content and so you're basically you know for b2b businesses that's what you're doing you're you're you haven't your audience is slightly different but you're in the selling process and and if you're successful at selling that company and getting it in there then that's that is such a an opportunity for that business to grow and and maintain their sales and and what have you and that's what i'm doing all day long i'm selling a story i'm selling an interview i'm selling a product or a book but I'm selling it to press contacts to make sure that they cover what you're, what you're doing, what you're all about. And you just never know who a contact or where a contact is going to come from. So why not be in it? Why not be into various media outlets? Give yourself a chance because you just never know. And then use the content. And I know I sound like a broken record, but don't let it be, okay, this appeared or I did this interview and then it's never to be found again. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and that, that is kind of another topic, which we could spend a whole nother hour on is how to tie your social marketing activities to your PR activities, because you want the both of them to work together in a virtuous cycle so that each one of those can build on each other. And to your point, to be able to recirculate that PR article in all of your social media properties makes it makes a ton of sense. It, it was funny. A, a number of weeks ago, I reposted a, a picture on my social media of me and a colleague at the Ellen DeGeneres show. And, you know, we were there. I was representing Chef Wolfgang Puck and we were in L.A., you know, doing this and and. We were in the green room, and I said to my colleague, who is still a very close friend of mine, I said, oh, we have to take this picture in front of the Ellen sign. And so I posted it recently. And the feedback I got, are you there now? What's happening? And it was hysterical. But but reposting things opens dialogue. And and, and I love I, – I had met the late, great Joan Rivers at a TV studio when I was there with a client of mine. And I love to repost that picture. Because so many people have memories of Joan Rivers. And, and so reposting things, whether it's the recent past or the more distant past, opens up a dialogue. And that's what we're all about today, having dialogues. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So uh, before we close, uh, is there one particular message that you would think you'd really, really want to get across? The message is, is that every single business needs public relations coverage to grow their brand awareness, stay in the media, 
stay relevant and drive sales. So, so if you're thinking about public relations, today is the day to make that step. And I hope that Andrea passed public relations might be that firm. Fantastic. And uh, I, I agree with you and, and I really appreciate it. And that's a, that's definitely a, a great message to get across. Well, uh, Andrea, thank you so much uh, for being a part of my, uh, of our, uh, our, of our podcast. And uh, so glad we were able to talk about PR and, and advertising. Those are two incredibly important aspects of a marketing uh, machine to be able to get out in the marketplace so that you can build and grow your, your brands. Um, where would you like your uh, or our viewers and audience to go to find out more information about you and your company? Well, please visit AndreaPassPR.com. I do have an appointments tab for a complimentary half-hour consultation about the value of public relations. Uh, so please check me out there. I'm in link, on LinkedIn, Andrea Pass, and on Facebook, Andrea Pass Public Relations. So I hope we can connect. Fantastic. So AndreaPassPR.com, AndreaPassPR.com, and uh, she's clearly a, an expert in the business and definitely knows how to get the press arm of your company uh, working very well to uh, support the uh, the growth of your company. So with that, uh, please stay tuned for other videos in this series of the backstory on marketing. Please visit marketingmachine.prorelevant.com to download the first chapter of my book, The Post-COVID Marketing Machine. And there's many, many other valuable excerpts and other pieces that uh, I think you'll also find valuable. And don't forget to sign up for more episodes on this podcast series. And if you like this one, please rate it with five stars. Andrea, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. Thank you.